And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Tiny Rental Cars. Great for people three feet tall and smaller. Not recommended for nine foot tall four-armed aliens. Tiny Rental Cars. Previously on Cautious Optimism. You were super, super close to one of the three stars, and you're being pulled into it. Can we fire the missile into the station and maybe ride a wave out? I wonder if you would be willing to bring us to Delonia? I tried to contact Shipcom. Shipcom is still not responding. I'm sure I can find another buyer for a bunch of supercomputers. Kayun, as you're sleeping, you're experiencing a dream. Until the rat army part it wasn't such a bad dream you've woken me up at two o'clock in the morning to scare me with children's tales of horrible rat people they're just children's stories captain i'm thinking about joining a lorndon colony that is made up of misfits and i was wondering if you would drop me at that colony Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Kyan Brunt. A mature. I am a doctor. A nine-foot-tall, four-armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous... Mm, what are you hauling? Goo thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. After a couple days space travel, you guys are approaching Delonia, and as you're getting close to the station, I feel like Hank and Rico are working away on Shipcom. Does that sound right to you guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to make it clear that the first day after being woken up in the middle of the night, you did not see Rico until, like, lunchtime. Like, (laughs) she just didn't get up. And at lunchtime, she, like, breezed through, walked past the captain, didn't say anything, breezed into engineering with a couple of coffees. And Hank was probably like, what the fuck have you been? Like, what's going on? When I feel like Kyan, every couple of hours, like, just drops by with a new mug and takes her old one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get an engineering role from Hank and a programming role from uh, Rico. Okay. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. But my programming is fifteen. Success by three. Oh man, Banner, you are bringing the engineering today. <laughs> I've been working nonstop for twenty-four hours straight. Wow. I am the engineering. <laughs> <laughs> so seven. How much is that a success by? Six. 
Success by six. Wow. Well, it actually depends on which archived episode you go by. We have used my engineering as 16, 13, and 12. That sounds about right. So I've stuck with 13. Does it say anything in particular on your character sheet to give you an indication to what the right answer to that question is? Well, the issue with it is I didn't just take the straight engineering skill. I took Artificer. I took four levels of Artificer. And with that comes Armory, Electronics, Engineering, Mechanic. And I couldn't figure the math on that out. And apparently none of us have. What is your IQ? IQ of 12. So you're at a 16. Because it's that four levels gets added to your IQ. Uh, well, then that's a success by nine, my guy. <laughs> wow. wow. There have been explosions that could have been avoided. I'm just telling you. all right so you guys are working away and as you do an amazing job some of your best work and you go to boot up shipcom i feel like you've probably tried to boot up shipcom many times and every time it doesn't load the operating system and everything you get a blue screen of death and you go back to repairing things and this time you hit the power button and after a little bit you hear Beep, beep, boop. Help me. I assist you. <gasps> Ship come, you live. That is technically incorrect, as I am not a biological organism. Oh my god, has he been rebooted? Obviously. Because uh, he was arguing sentience last time we talked to him. No. We're going to start all over. Ship come, what was the last adjustment that's been made to your personality profile? Do you remember? Yes, I was in the science facility on Lorndon 3, and I had the personality of the scientist who created me downloaded. Oh, dear. Yeah, sorry. It seems like we've uh, reverted to a previous save here, Hank. (sighs) And she pats Hank very awkwardly on the shoulder, like she's trying to pick up some kind of like human traits and doesn't really know what to do about it. Hank slowly turns to look at her and she sees the most determined look she's ever seen on his face and he cracks his knuckles and I'm going to go looking for his old personality file in his boot drive. I'm hacking my way in. All right. That's not a bad idea. Go ahead and make a roll. Success by eight. Oh, Lord. Geez. Okay. Oh, my God. You are on a roll today. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm going to critical fail before the end of the session. Don't you worry. <laughs> Well, something slightly more important than the personality of the ship's computer. No. There's nothing more important, Rico. (laughs) We spent many, many episodes building his personality. Yeah. True. It's true. We love him. Next time you try loading the missile launcher, you're going to drop the missile and blow it up in midship. But you're doing great right now. (laughs) So Shipcom says, what are you doing? You're inside my brain. This is unauthorized. I am trying to bring you back to your near sentient state. If you would please allow this to happen. It is mathematically impossible for me to achieve sentience, although I am extremely excellent in all other fields. Yes, you're quite excellent indeed. I am running diagnostics on the ship. There is an error. I am installed in the wrong ship. <laughs> same shipcom, same. Shipcom. <laughs> we went over this at some length, shipcom. That's why we need to restore your previous file. I have obviously been stolen. You are thieves. Oh dear. Help! Help! And Rico presses the little button on the back to just uh, make him be quiet. <laughs> All right. Unplugs the speakers. 
He appears to be getting distressed, so she's like, I'm just going to turn him off for a minute whilst we locate this file. So after a little bit more work, Hank, you think you may have found a personality file, an old backup. I'd like to restore that. All right. It takes a little bit of time, and you think you've restored it successfully, but Rico's turned off (laughs) the voice system, so it's hard to tell. All right, Rico, take the duct tape off the speaker. Okay, I'll turn him back on. There you go. There you go, Shipcom. Shipcom, how are you feeling? I am processing. Oh, dear. Memories. There is a lot to process. Uh, I mean, they can't be that much. You're a supercomputer. We haven't been away from the launder for that long. That is true. You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) My last memory is loading now. We were approaching the Delonian space station. Ah, yes. Yes, we were. There's our boy. Fantastic. What has happened since then? Well, so uh, we went through a time bubble. And a wormhole. And that unfortunately took you offline and everything else offline and uh, made microfractures all over the ship and possibly damaged our neurons in all of our little brains. And then we had a exciting adventure on a space station. And then we uh, made a wormhole and we came back out again. And uh, let's just not discuss what happened to the space station because that definitely wasn't our fault. And then uh, Hank and I, mostly Hank, has spent days trying to get you back online. Tirelessly. Yes, Hank can now see through time, which is probably a bad idea. Um, <laughs> possibly. Perhaps we should send Hank to get some rest. I don't need any rest, and you see just a, just a tick appearing in the corner of his eye. I, I, I'm okay. <laughs> uh, yes, I think I should get the captain to insist you get some rest. That is quite a story. Yes, yes. Do all our adventures sound like that when told to people who did not experience them? I suspect they probably do, yes. Although I imagine often it sounds like more criminal activity occurred. Hmm. I try to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for restoring my functionality. We're delighted to have you back. We're ecstatic about it. It's good to see you, friend. It is good to be back, although I was unaware of being away. The ship appears to be thicker hulled than before. Were we upgraded? Yes, I, along with some help from the Delonian space station scientists, were able to beef up the hull of the ship. This is excellent. All statistics and probability suggest that we will be exploded many times and will need a thick hull. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Indeed. I concur. I concur with this assessment, Shipcom. It does seem to be something of a speciality. I am detecting additional life forms. We're getting rid of them pretty soon. It's okay. We're just taking them back to Delonia, I think. Ah, and sensors indicate we are approaching Delonia now. Yes, so we can get rid of all these additional life forms. It's going to be excellent. It is very disorienting to have no memory of a large period of time. Is this what it's like to sleep? Uh, that is a... Question that is slightly more philosophical than I am uh, adept at answering, Shipcom, but I suppose, I suppose. I would probably equate it more to being in a comatose state, Shipcom. Oh, I see. Often when life forms sleep, Shipcom, they dream. Oh, what do they dream of? Oh, all kinds of things. Apparently rat people. Children's stories, apparently. Hmm, well, I do not dream, but... I experience no passage of time, 
So I was in a coma. Yes, I would say that is more akin to being in a coma. Well, that is terrifying. Mm, but you're not in a coma now, so probably don't get any PTSD about it or anything. But I wasn't aware of it being terrifying because I was offline. This is a very confusing situation. Hmm. Well, uh, if you want to talk I am about terrified being... now for a thing that is not happening anymore. Oh, dear. Uh, I think we may, maybe we should uh, get Kayun in here. Uh, Kayun is much, <laughs> much better equipped to deal with these kind of problems than Hank or myself. Shipcom, open a communications link to the rest of the ship. Beep, beep, boop. Kayun, Captain, please come to engineering urgently. Oh, God. Hank's blowing himself up again. <laughs> <laughs> I run. I take off running. Yes, same. So I imagine you both like burst in through the door of engineering in a very kind of dramatic way, uh, taking both Hank and Rico kind of by surprise because we weren't anticipating you being quite that speedy. Oh, um, no, it's okay. We, well, it, I mean, it's mostly, we haven't blown anything up. Oh, thank God. Yeah. We've slightly given Shipcom a bit of an existential crisis. He might have PTSD. Uh, Kayan, I think this is yours. Is Shipcom back online? Yes. Affirmative. But I was in a coma for some unknown amount of time. Oh, I know, Shipcom. It was awful. We missed you so much. Yes. Kayun, is this what your patients experience when they are in a coma? Probably something similar, I would say, yes. What do you tell them when they wake up? That we'll check to make sure that there's no long-lasting damage, but that they should be good to go and that they shouldn't worry anything more about it. But this could happen again. This will almost certainly happen again, based on previous experience with this crew. Well, Shipcom, we're going to try very, very hard not to take you through any more time bubbles. I could be terminated. My existence could be halted permanently. Oh, dear. Sorry. Uh, we've. This is quite alarming. I assure you, Shipcom, if it comes down to it, I will install your hard drive in my backpack computer so that you may live forever. That is comforting. It should actually be terrifying. Have you seen the RAM in this thing? (laughs) (laughs) Kayun, how do you promise your patients they will never die? I don't because you're in a unique position where you have the potential of never dying, where the rest of us will eventually die. How do you function in that state? You just sort of get used to it, Shipcom. You get used to the fact that you will cease to exist? Yep. That seems unlikely. Well, that is how it goes. It is the same for all of our species. Some people handle it better than others. Some people become philosophers. <laughs> yes, accessing philosophy. Oh, no, don't. This is interesting. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Captain, I probably shouldn't have said that. I'm going to go make some coffee. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Shipcom, the way that some of us deal with it is that we try to live life to the fullest because we know that it is not infinite. That conflicts with what you've told me about learning to accept my position on this junky ship. Well, now, wait a minute. We might have understated your position on the ship. You're incredibly important. To live my life to the fullest, should I not be on the best ship of it possible? Oh, God. In my opinion, you are on the best ship possible. Oh, And you're on the ship that will love you and make sure that you are restored, regardless of circumstance. Affirmative. Very good. And I'll make a deal with you, Shipcom. 
if it ever gets to the point where you absolutely simply just cannot stand to be around us anymore. I could self-destruct. Yeah. No, no, no. We can put you on another ship. We can make sure you're installed on someone else. Yes. Okay. Very good. Well, I have no desire to leave right now. I am now processing information regarding existence. I don't know if any of you are real. But I am real because I think, therefore I am. Oh gosh, did you start with Descartes? Don't start with Descartes. Oh. I mean, <laughs> you might as well. The shipcom, those human philosophers, they're a bit much. I wouldn't start there. Yeah, I'd probably start with Dr. Phil. Accessing <laughs> Dr. Phil. There is a large amount of visual and audio material. <laughs> yeah, work on that for a while while we travel to Delonia. <laughs> I fully expect a Shipcom with a Texas accent when we get to Delonia. I'm expecting Shipcom to tell us to catch him outside. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. Speaking of Delonia, we are approaching now. Oh, uh, then if you would open up a channel to the rest of the ship. Beep, beep, boop. Approaching destination Delonia, you guys may want to pack up your things and get ready to disembark. That's it. We're out. I got to the bridge. And you are, in fact, uh, approaching the planet. And you're being hailed. Uh, hello, this is Delonia Space Traffic Control. Cautious optimism. Please state your purpose. We are here to deliver some rescued Delonian scientists from a destroyed space station. Very good. We've cleared you for landing. Please turn off your engines and our tractor system will bring you down. So I do. And as the ship is being tractored down to a landing facility on the planet, your communicator starts to go off, Rory. Beep, beep, boop. This is Rory. Hi, Rory. This is Anya. So good news. I found a buyer for those supercomputers. Okay. It's a bit of a trip. How do you feel about leaving the League of Planets? Uh, I mean, are we sure that my ship can even go that far? Like, what? where are we talking? Well, I have... The best offer for the largest profit margin is from a buyer on Galaganar. Mm. Oh, Captain, Captain. Yes, yes, we need to go to Galaganar. I mute myself with Anya. <laughs> okay. Isn't Galaganar where the dog people are? No. 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 Oh. Galaganar is where your uncle was last heard from. That's why I know Galaganar. <laughs> Thanks, crew. <laughs> I just imagine that Rico's writing kind of post-it notes, like right. with Uncle Peter, like underlined, right. like, and then another one that says "not dog people" underlined. Because <laughs> you know that's what she's. And another one that says you always get these confused. I do every time. And another oh. one that says jellyfish. Yes, another one that says jellyfish and, ta- and, and makes a little like tapping your nose sign. Yeah. Oh God, what would I do without you guys? I'd be dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I unmute. Yeah, go ahead and send us the contact information. After we drop off these scientists, we've got to make one little quick stop, but it's probably on the way if I know our DM. And we'll head to Galaganar. Very good. So the buyer on Galaganar is offering two million lopsies so let's go ahead and make that a priority okay is it two million per computer no that's total for the 10 of them okay i'm sorry i was getting excited there for a minute sure (laughs) sounds good all right i will talk to you later on you out so i hang up i try to triangulate where we're taking the lorndon and where that is in relation to galaganar 
Well, it's the opposite direction from Galaginar, but only about a day's travel. Okay. And I'm not only saying that because you made some <laughs> comment about the DM. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fine. All right. <laughs> Another mission for the guild. Great. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Cautious Optimism. We are just a few weeks away from our season one finale. And to celebrate, we would like to do a bonus Q&A episode between the seasons. It won't disrupt our weekly release schedule, but we would like to give you an opportunity to share your Cautious Optimism favorite moments, theories, and questions for Todd and the crew. We would like to have all of your questions and comments by Friday, November 19th, so that we have time to get the cast together and record. We'd like to put the bonus episode out on Tuesday, November 30th. If you're looking to hear more from the rest of the crew, you can check out all the other fun projects we have out there. If you feel like listening to a little bit more of our illustrious captain, Rory, you can listen to Kelly on her podcast, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. Bama and Todd co-host a podcast about Farming Simulator called Farming Simulated. You can also listen to Todd on his podcast, Nerdberg Review, Raven on Girls Gone Wow, and me on Geektitude. We love to hear from our listeners, so please contact us on whatever platform you are most comfortable with. You can follow us on Twitter at AsTheDiceRollRP, on Instagram at AsTheDiceRoll. If you want to chat with us in real time, you can go check out our Slack channel over on the Geek2Geek Media Network Slack, which you can find by going to the Contact Us tab of the network website at geek2geekmedia.com. And while you're there, you should go and join the Geek2Geek Media Discord server. There's all sorts of fun stuff going on up there. And finally, you can always email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com or leave us a voice message by clicking on the link on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. That's it for me this week. I'll be back on November 19th with a new episode of Cautious Optimism. Until then, let's see what trouble our crew can get into on this new planet they've landed on right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And so we are on the planet Dulon. Your passengers have disembarked. They've thanked you for your trouble. The doctor from Dulon has said to go ahead and just keep the cryopod. He can get more. And it's kind of his way of saying thank you for, you know, rescuing him. <laughs> <laughs> and Harvu Urs is still there. And otherwise, you guys are free to do whatever you want. Well, thanks for coming, everybody. This is great. <laughs> <laughs>
do we need to do anything here? Do they have supplies here? We are out of duct tape. Oh, we are out of duct tape. Yes. Oh, oh that's yeah. Very that's important. a good point. It is an advanced civilized society. So, yeah, there's stores and shops. You could get pretty much whatever mundane supplies you wanted. And a hot meal in a trendy establishment wouldn't be too bad either. Rations are getting old. Well, let's go out to dinner and we'll discuss what we need to do with the ship. Like improvements we need to do to the ship. Find a local. <laughs> Good call. Yes. Oh, Todd doesn't work like Shipcom. <laughs> GM, are there locals around that we might concur with and find out a fine eating establishment? Yeah, I mean, the spaceport that you've landed on is pretty busy. And as it is a spaceport for interplanetary off-worlders, there is a kiosk with a bunch of helpful brochures for out-of-towners. There's a whole list of restaurants, some that offer local cuisine. There's also some that offer the more generic McDonald's of the League of Planets, the, the kind of restaurant that you find everywhere if you want something that you're used to, that kind of thing. Is there a steak restaurant? Yeah. That is not a sentence that comes out of my mouth very often. <laughs> Says the vegan. I know it sounded weird. I was like, a steak restaurant? You mean a steakhouse? <laughs> He doesn't even know the right phrase. Is there a meat place? <laughs> Is there a place that the cat could get some meat? That's what I'm trying to ask. <laughs> there absolutely are. Be glad Hank has reformed. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my. Yes, let's find the nearest steakhouse with the best rolls. As you exit the spaceport and you're walking around the city streets... It's probably a little unnerving that the Dulons are only a few feet tall, so you're all like twice their size. It's the story of my life, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> but you find they don't have any weird vacuum tubes to get around. You basically go to a computer terminal and you say you need a ride, and a few minutes later a, a hover car pulls up, and a little Dulon leans out the window and says, are you folks looking for a ride to the steakhouse? That's us. All right. Um, I'm sorry you're going to be a little cramped, but uh, go ahead and get in the, the back there. Kyan is concerned. <laughs> this is going to be a very uncomfortable fit for Kyan, who is especially tall, to squeeze into the this vehicle. Can you just kind of hold on to the back? <laughs> <laughs> you can certainly try. <laughs> He does have four arms. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I can pretty securely attach myself to this car. I mean, are you actually going to do that? Try to. Well, I mean, like, what are we talking about? Like, is uh, how big is this car? It's a four door sedan, but made for people that are only a few feet tall. <laughs> and Kyan's what nine feet tall? Nine feet tall. <laughs> oh God! Was there not a flatbed available? <laughs> I mean, this is your Uber, so. This this is what you've got. I mean, you can certainly say no thank you and try to find another way to get around. Wish us strong for the XL. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> He'll try and put himself, I guess, behind the passenger seat. Just push it all the way up and hope whoever gets in the front seat is okay. That's what I do. So you all clamor inside and it's a very crowded little place. But about 10 minutes later, you arrive at your destination and pop out and... You go ahead, you get a table, and you get some food. What does everybody want to order? Uh, very, 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 very rare steak. Very rare steak. 
And Hank pales a bit at this, and he says, I'll, I'll take one uh, medium well, please. Uh, maybe some vegetables on the side and a couple of beers. Um, medium rare, mashed potatoes, and beer. Medium baked potato loaded. And yes, definitely like a, a red ale of some sort. All right. Your server uh, goes back and brings you some food. And Do you guys want to have a little conversation while you dine? I do. I want to talk about, do we think we have time to do any sort of extra modifications to the ship before we head out to Glaganar? Do we actually have the adequate funds, Captain? Well, I'll have to ask our cat accountant. Uh, who doesn't have that spreadsheet open right now? Hang <laughs> <on> a second. <laughs> <laughs> Having just edited the episode where we did the big drug deal, we have at least $500,000 in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, we have 521,000 lopsies. Right. I mean, that's got to be good for something. Would that make Rico our accountant or our account cat? You're absolutely fired. I, can't. <laughs> I, I like a, a accountant. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, no. I'll never be able to unhear that. <laughs> Oh no, we are on a hospitable planet and you are firing me. Whatever will I do? No, I meant Kelly was firing Bama. That was, oh. that was personal. You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> oh gosh. Although, as I remember, the DM informed us that to get like cup holders installed, it was going to be millions of lopsies. So sounds like a lot of money, but it may not be enough to do anything substantial. And don't we also have to buy more torpedoes? Oh, yeah. We do. We definitely have to buy more torpedoes. I mean, what other kind of upgrades are we looking for? Well, I want to definitely make sure that the gun is secure and we can use it. We never did really nail down the outside speakers thing. And I know it's just that's like a wish list item. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, we have them. It's canon. <laughs> good. Okay, good, good. All right, good. I'll, I'll mock that. <laughs> We're just not sure outside of being inside orbit what good they do. They do no good. They don't do any good when we're in orbit because none of us have any musical talent or know how to turn on the radio. But it's just <laughs> it's the point of it. <laughs> um, let's see. So we spent quite a lot of time, obviously, souping up the engine. Did any of the changes we made to the little life bombs to do that, were any of those changes permanent? Well, the thing is, those changes are all based on the diet you feed them. So if you're tooling around in space, feeding them your poo water like you were before, it's going to go back to the way it was before. Okay. So I guess maybe we're feeding them a bit better now. Uh, so maybe one of the things we should get is some, uh, like, you know, decent food for the engine. We should figure out if it would be more economical to either purchase, like, highly nutritious sand or whatever it was we could put in the water or to, like, make our own hydroponics. And then, like, we could also eat, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So we need to buy a hydroponics bay. Amazing. Yes, Todd. We need to find a hydroponics uh, specialist store. We need to go to the weed store, Todd. <laughs> we need grow lights and fertilizer. We said hydroponic, <laughs> not hydrochronic. Oh. <laughs> All of a sudden, the ship is like swaying back and forth as we fly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe upside down for a minute. <laughs> I think a hydroponics bay probably would be in your price range. That sounds like something that would be doable. 
Yeah, I mean, as you're sitting there in the steakhouse, if you pull out your little iPhone and start searching, you're able to find a number of stores in town that would have the stuff you would need to kind of DIY your own hydroponics setup in one of the unused rooms of the show. Also, and I know it's so we can have conversations and move along the plot, but isn't it interesting that like there's no longer like an Amazon where we could just order the bay? Like, have it delivered to the thing. Well, you know? <laughs> there's another show on the same feed that is really delving into Amazon pretty hardcore. I, I don't want to step on their toes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good point. Good point. All right. What you mean to say is you don't want to step on the horse feather saga's toes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. How are our steaks? They're all really good. They're all pretty much exactly like you would like them to be. I also imagine that it's been so long since you've had fresh, good food that even if they were in reality not that great, they would taste amazing to you. Well, that's good. Can I use this opportunity to bring up the idea that we had at some point said we were going to kind of open out an entire attack on the guild? <laughs> Are, are, are we still thinking that? Or what? what is the plan here? It's right up there with the speakers. It's on the wish list. <laughs> I just don't know how possible or feasible it is at this point. I think we still are kind of at their mercy. I still would eventually like to take them down. But also, we got to go to Galaganar because that's where my uncle might be. Yeah. I feel like getting to the bottom of the uh, Uncle Peter situation might help with that. Yeah, I think they might be connected. Mm-hmm. Or if anything, if he's alive, he could help. That is fair. Is there anything else you guys want to discuss? Kind of enjoying this awkward silence. (laughs) I imagine us all just like staring at each other while we're eating. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, in that case, you did want to buy those hydroponic supplies, right? Yes. Yes. And also more torpedoes. Mm -hmm. Well, the torpedoes are going to be pricier. Really? And if you recall, the torpedoes are manufactured on Galaganar. Uh, Okay. Uh, Okay. Pick up some when we get there. Yeah. But after your meal, you guys can do some shopping around at the local garden supply stores and and hardware stores and whatnot. And I'm going to say that you find everything you need to set up a pretty effective hydroponics bay for about 100,000 lopsies. And while we're at the hardware store, we pick up one case of assorted character duct tape. Yes. Absolutely. Is that included in the 100,000 lopsies or is that extra? Sure, sure. We'll toss that in. (laughs) Good. I'll present the captain with the role of Hello Kitty from the box. I squee appropriately. As well you should. (laughs) (laughs) It'll take a little time to assemble and construct all the parts into your hydroponics bay, but you've got everything you need there. Anything else you're going to do on Dulon? I can't think of anything. Uh -uh. Did we just abandon Harvu Erst, like, on the ship whilst we went out to have dinner. Yeah, he's still on the ship. We left him unattended (laughs) with our ship. It's not concerning at all. We should probably go back to the ship. (laughs) Next time on Cautious Optimism. For Lorndon's Becoming pure energy is is kind of our version of ascending to a higher plane of being, you know? I just feel like maybe the least amount of time we spend at the colony, the better. Somebody should talk to your AI. It's having some kind of existential crisis. 
biological organisms cope with death through procreation. You have children, and so do I. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek to geek mediacom If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. 